Hey everyone, welcome to Hashtag Real Life. Abby and Danielle here. At Hashtag Real Life, we want to bring the essence of conversations back into our day-to-day lives. We want to tell the stories of the people around us with no topic off the table. Our hope is to create a safe space for ourselves, guests, and our listeners, all while bringing our authentic selves to create rambling but beautiful content. Now, let's talk about some stuff. It's a Thursday as we're recording, but happy Tuesday when this drops. Yes. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. And thanks for any new listeners we have turning into the pod this week. Yes. Hashtag real life. As always, Abby. And Danielle. <laughs> yes. How was your week, Danielle? You know, it's been pretty good. I feel like it's flown by. I feel like that's usually my answer every single time because I just get so pumped and excited for Thursdays that I feel like. Monday through Wednesday, I'm just like, okay, when's Thursday going to happen? And I like, don't even think about what I'm doing, <laughs> like, but that's yes. a good thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> We're always looking forward to, always looking forward to Thursdays. Well, as yeah, Danielle knows, tomorrow is my very last day at my current job. And so we'll probably record solo episodes here at some point going through life transitions and things. But today we have another special guest and are so excited to learn more and and hear from her so today on the pod we have Angela Knappenberger um she is um very very cool yeah so I was intrigued when I saw your post on the Facebook podcast our podcast nation group around a pediatric sleep coach and I I just had to know more and wanted to learn about, you know, how you got to this place. And I know I'm a mom myself and have, you know, gone through the troubles of getting my now six-year-old to sleep well. And I know lots of moms will resonate and love this post and maybe even soon to be parents, right. Uh, gathering some info from you. So or people will listen to this and be like, no, I'm not going to become a parent. It is, it is a hot mess. Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, take, it's a take what you will, you know, take what you will yeah. in the moment. <laughs> exactly. So I got into this field, uh, because my daughter was not a good sleeper. So just like, you know, when you meet someone that, I don't know, sells essential oils or something, it's, they generally get into it because they found this service or this product that really solved a problem for them. And then it works so well, they're like, oh, I have to share this with the world. Well, same thing with me. Um, so when my daughter was born, every everything went really well. She was she was little, she was only about six pounds, but she was really healthy. You know, it was a very healthy labor delivery, um, no concerns at all. And then um, the trouble didn't really start till like those couple weeks at home, those first couple weeks. Um, however, I do remember when we were in the hospital, I think we were there for three days because, you know, they have to kick you out right pretty <laughs> soon. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. I don't know anything. Why are you kicking me out of here? But um, she slept so well those first three days. And I'm like, wow, we got lucky. Look at this, you know, and um, took her home. And it was like, oh, you tricked us. I see. <laughs> like, that was all just so we would, would keep you. All oh. right. Because <laughs> then she didn't really sleep. And um, 
it was just, it was such a challenge. So we, we were trying to get her to sleep with the, the rocking and the shushing and the white noise and um, swaddling. And, and you'd, we'd have to do it a specific way <laughs> for, I want to say an hour. It was like maybe an hour and 45 minutes. And like, okay, her eyes are like halfway closed now. Okay. Now they're almost all the way closed. And then she would like have one eye closed and one eye open and you're like close your eye (laughs) (laughs) oh and it would just go on and on and um and this was like every night and then she'd wake throughout the night which you know certainly is normal for newborns and when I do work with newborn clients I mean I still allow wake-ups and feedings in the night but she'd wake up in the night and just and would nurse and uh and she didn't latch in the hospital and in that first couple those first couple weeks like she didn't latch consistently and I was all about like oh I have to breastfeed like there's just I can't not do it and I just more or less like if I could have willed my willed to myself to like willed it willed it to work I guess is what I'm saying mm-hmm. I would have done it you know um so she would nurse throughout the night and it would go on for, excuse me, for like hours because I thought she was eating the whole time, but she was really just, it was helping her get to sleep and stay asleep. Um, and I would stay awake because I was so afraid that while she's nursing, if I fall asleep and I roll over and I could roll onto her, you know, um, so I was not getting enough sleep at all. And I, I remember thinking of it like, well, this is just pulling an all-nighter like in college, you know, when you're studying for for midterms or whatever. Um, But it's not like that. (laughs) Because eventually, well, after the midterm, you go home and you sleep and sleep, you know, back to your normal schedule that following night, you know. But this is not that. I mean, it's going to be every night. You're up a couple hours to get her to sleep or nurse or whatever, change your diaper um so it was it was so tiresome and my husband and I were just I had you know oh we need to do it this way no we need to do it that way and just constantly butting heads and and he and I um like we we do work as a team but we kind of have to learn how not to do things first and then we're like okay here's what I'll do next time here's what I'll do so we kind of have to get through all that mud and muck until we get to where we want. <laughs> so it was a lot of fighting um, and we're both super, super stubborn. So it just, we don't give in easily. <laughs> Relate. The, tri- the trials and tribulations of marriage. <laughs> marriage and parenting. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, so it was really it was a challenge. So she would take about two hours to get to sleep. She'd wake so many times throughout the night. Um, and, you know, and I'm still recovering from labor from all of this, you know, um, which that is not an easy thing. And no one really tells you what it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being so confused that like, it hurts to sit. Why does this hurt? Like, <laughs> and then like, yeah. And I had this pain in, in my back that no matter how I moved or what I did, it just wouldn't go away. I'm like, why does that hurt? You know, they don't tell you that. Well, from all the pushing you did, that's going <laughs> to wear you out and hurt your muscles and tire them out, you know? Um, so I'm dealing with all of that. And then, um, 
so it was after a couple of weeks of this and oh that's the other thing how did I forget this <laughs> um so she wouldn't latch so we we took her to the doctor the pediatrician and she he said um to feed her with like a little dropper like an eyedropper like a plastic syringe so we were I would pump and then feed her with that like for pretty much every feeding it was like this teeny little six-pound <laughs> baby we see her ribs you know feeding her like the syringe and it just it really hurt my confidence as a mom and I don't know what the female equi equivalent to being emasculated is but <laughs> but that's what I thought yeah. you know like like this I'm not even like I'm not even a woman. I can't do this, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. which is funny to think about now. Cause it's like, well, so you just can't do it. Big one. Right. Yeah. The expectations of motherhood are so, yeah. so freaking high and yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but we, we kept feeding her that way and then had a lactation consultant come in and she, she helped us out. And that was great. That was awesome um but after a couple weeks you can imagine this is just kind of taking its toll because although like it helped with the lactation consultant it still wasn't perfect and and you know when your milk is still coming in for the first I think it's not fully until at least six weeks or so you know so it's like ugh, you know and you're, you're worrying at every feed is she getting enough and and there's no way to tell like Mm -hmm. can't measure ounces or anything um so it was around the three week mark that she had it was that I remember that night that I laid my head down to go to sleep after the two hours of rocking her and the second my head hit the pillow she was awake again you know so went in and fed her rocked her back to sleep second my head hit the pillow she was awake again I mean it was a particularly rough night um, so when she woke and it was morning time, I nursed her and I'm in the dining room, My husband's in the kitchen and I'm just like, I can't do this. I just, it's just like something inside me just broke, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you're fine. You're doing it. It's fine. Just do it. Cause my husband is a fixer, like, you know, most husbands and, and he meant well, they always mean well, but it's like, you don't understand. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of went back and forth for a bit. And then he's like, you should call your doctor. Okay, fine. So she, she was actually able to see me that day. And our, the doctor's office was really close to our house. It was kind of diagonal across the street from us. Um, so I was at the doctor's office telling them, I think maybe I have postpartum depression. I don't know. Can you see me? Um, so I'm waiting for the doctor in the, the doctor's room, the not waiting room, but in her office, I guess, and um, exam room. And I'm looking over at my house, knowing my daughter's there, my husband's there. And I'm like, I don't miss her at all. Like just, there was no connection at all. It was the weirdest thing. Cause it's like, here's this child that I wanted I prayed for, I nourished, I worried about like all this time here she is in the flesh. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was so scary because it's like, mm -hmm. well, what, what could I do if this is how I feel towards her? Like, mm -hmm. how could that, um, 
come out in how I treat her, you know? So that was, that was really, I knew something was just not right, you know? So they, they gave me this test for, um, to see, do you, if you answer like seven out of the 10 questions in the affirmative, it's like, yeah, you, you have postpartum depression. So I think I answered just about every one of the questions that way. Um, so then my, my doctor put me on medication and like a dummy, I'm worried about breastfeeding. Oh, I can't be on that medication. Cause what about breastfeeding? And it's like, um, you're kind of circling the drain here. Why yeah. don't you just forget about breastfeeding? And, you know, but I was just, I just felt this, this overwhelming duty as her mom to like be, be all that and more for her, which, which isn't a bad thing. However, it's like, it was completely ne neglectful to me. I mean, Correct. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of what, what, uh, what's going to happen with me if I continue on this breastfeeding journey, that's not really working. You know, it was just like, well, I'm just going to do it. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that that happens so much, too much in our culture. And it's, it's almost like you're less of a mom if you tried it and it was challenging and you decided eh, it's not for me and you'd use formula. It's like, come on. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah, that mothers are, it's just how any of us like get out of bed every day and go to work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I'm, I'm having like a visceral response to everything you're sharing about your story. Cause yeah, every time someone reaches or talks to me, it's like, Oh, when are you going to have another one? Like another kid. And my son is six now, but thinking to the few months postpartum, right. Like the, what they call like the fourth trimester, right. Like I have like, Oh, just not great memories of not sleeping well, postpartum anxiety. And I just want to commend you for being able to go to the doctor and say, Hey, I, I need to check on something because I didn't for a year and a half. <laughs> and so I know a lot of moms and uh, caregivers can resonate with, with that. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And thank you. And it's, it was, um, it was hard. Cause like, yeah, every part of me was like, just felt, I felt ashamed even to, to be at the doctors, you know, but it's like, well, I'm scared of, of who I am right now. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, I have to do something. And I had said to my husband at one point, I think after, yeah, it was a little bit after the diagnosis. Um, cause shortly after that, my, my mom came and helped with us, stayed with us for about three weeks. So at this point, my daughter was three weeks old when I got the diagnosis. So then, um, yeah, my mom helped with us. And I had said to my husband who I think he was going to go into work or do something extra where he had to leave the house that day. And my mom was already gone doing something. And I said, I'm afraid of what I might do if I'm here by myself with her, you know, and that's like, <laughs> so, it's so hard to, to even admit it now because it's like what a monster you know but when you're so sleep deprived I mean it really does change your brain where you aren't thinking clearly and you you're really like in survival mode so it's like anything that's causing you stress you are going to get rid of it you know or lessen it um 
And he said, okay, that's a good thing to, to, to realize. I'm glad you told me I will stay here. Okay. Thank you. Good. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, so scary. So, yeah. you know, um, but it really helped. It helped having my mom because then they, they would take turns feeding her throughout the night. Um, pretty sure. Yes. We had started formula at that time. Like I was still nursing in the day. They gave her formula at night. And I think I would just, yeah, I would wake up in the night when it felt so uncomfortable and just hand express and then go back to sleep. Like, I think that's what we did if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that way I could sleep and just kind of let my brain like adjust and heal. And, and it was really great. It was what, what I really needed at that time. Um, so then now we're three weeks beyond so it's been she's six weeks old now my mom leaves because I really got in a good routine of uh, feeding and sleeping and all of that but it's still it still was a challenge she was still waking at minimum two times up to five times a night and um, which is nothing like really unusual for that age but uh, it was still was taking a toll on me especially when we got closer to the five, six month mark where it's like, okay, you know, wake <laughs> five times last night. Like yeah. <laughs> really, you really needed to wake for that five minutes of nursing in the night. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> really, you needed that to fill your tummy. Like it's just, and I'd put her to bed at around seven. She would be up at 8 30. I'm like, mm. <laughs> hungry like right you know especially when she had this big cluster feeding like I was yep just gonna say <laughs> cluster feeds were the worst yeah like I had times where it's every hour like my son would wake up I'm like there's no way there is no way and I mean kids are the best intuitive eaters but man <laughs> mom's gotta sleep <laughs> oh, sure yeah. So then I'm like, oh, this is I'm like, how much longer? I mean, we're at the six month mark and I'm like, well, we have another six months until she's a year old. And then, then what is she still going to be waking in the night? Cause she certainly won't need to eat throughout the night then I'm sure of that. Like, so how much longer, you know, and, and my husband and I, like we were better than we were for the, in the first initial three weeks, but it wasn't, it wasn't great by any means, you know, because um, if she had a poor night's sleep or, you know, didn't sleep well for naps or whatever it was, he would come home and like, I was already mad at him. And, <laughs> and he had oh gosh, to look at me like, and I just heard the key in the, in the lock. I'm like, a fight. Oh, oh. I'm like, oh, how dare he? <laughs> dare me what I don't know <laughs> he uh, I have arguments in my head sometimes with my with my husband like how they might go and then it just gets you riled up not a great not a great thing oh it does and then you're like he's like oh hi how was your day and you're like yeah you would like to know wouldn't you <laughs> this is what I've been doing all day. No idea, but... um Okay, I'll just go back to work. You know? uh, so it wasn't great at all. And he told me, like, like I dreaded coming home in those days. 
I'm like, yeah, you would have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I dreaded him coming home, but I also looked forward to it like in the weirdest kind of way. Cause it's like, oh, then he can help out a little bit. But it was like, but then he's here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like you're just like reading a storybook of the last six years of my life. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I think I'm resonating so much. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, in my story, I always say like it's not really unique. I mean, um, it is a story of like overcoming, sure, but all these things most of these things anyway it's like this is what we all experience and go through but nobody ever really talks about or yeah. and it, it does kind of touch on your your guys instagram what do you call it instagram yeah, versus versus reality. Reality. yeah. <laughs> it's it's so that i mean because then all the pictures we put online it's like here we are smiley happy family but second the camera turned off it's like <sighs> you know yeah well and like, I think, I think for me, I mean, I'm not a mom, but I have like so many mom friends and I think it's, it's so powerful when I do get to have these conversations with my friends about this type of stuff, because like, I think you can just feel the release from them being like, oh my gosh, like my life has been kind of wild. You know what I mean? Like they're so like, everyone is so excited and so happy and so joyful for what is happening in their life. But it also at the same time is like, whoa, but my life has changed so much. I, I don't, I need to talk about it, you know? And like, I can feel that from my friends that have went through so much in that department where it's just kind of like, they need to talk about it. And like moms need to be able to release and talk about that more. So it can like become more normalized in so many ways, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, and well, I was going to say, and what you said too, is it's, it's unfortunate, right? Like I, I agree. It's not that any of our stories are incredibly unique and yet it feels that way when you're going through it, when no one talks about it. Exactly. And so that's why it is. It's just this release when, yeah, hearing another mom who had intrusive thoughts, like postpartum, like that is, it is so scary and you feel, yeah, the mom guilt. I've said that how many times already on <laughs> the, the few minutes of this recording it's, it's just so, it's so helpful to hear that other women and people who have children go through the same thing as you. Yes, absolutely. And you're, you're so right. Like while you're in it, it feels like you're the only one. No one's ever experienced this before, <laughs> but it's not true. Um, so yeah, it was around that six month mark where I'm like, oh, how much more of this? Um, I still hadn't lost the baby weight and I, I wanted to have lost it by that point. So I'm like, oh, you know, and I just didn't want to be like, just, this is my weight now. Like, you know, where we get complacent, like, no, I wanted to be back to where I was, or at least healthier, at least closer to that. Um, <sighs> And what really did me in, what was like the breaking point where, okay, we need to like really fix her sleep was when I started to resent her, you know? So I would just, I, uh, it was on a particularly rough night, rough day where I'm like, just kind of mad. Like, oh, why do you keep doing that? Oh, you know, um, I'm like, that's not what I, I want, you know, because that can affect us now, obviously, but resentment can just stay with you for years. And, 
and it's not even like and it's not rational like it didn't make any sense to resent my now seven month old for just being a seven month old like and doing basically what I've trained her to do (laughs) right (laughs) it's like this doesn't make sense you know um so I did tons of research um we're like the google um generation you know if we have a problem it's google we webmd everything yes yeah what did we do without google like I mean I don't even know at this point (laughs) (laughs) and yet we've lived without it right but how did we (laughs) As we are asking Jeeves is what we were doing, but anyway, oh my God. <laughs> or the butler, or whoever he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I just aged just a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> I can remember doing it, ask Jeeves, and like it took me the longest time to like to learn. Okay, you don't need to put a question mark after every. <laughs> <laughs> It knows you're asking a question. Yes. Oh, I remember being like, well, how did they give me the answer? What? Like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm that um, person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I Googled everything. I mean, talked to everybody I could that has had kids or, well, no, not people that didn't. That would have been weird. But I talked to everybody. <laughs> but, you know, did your kids sleep? Did they not sleep? What did you do? What didn't you do? And like the resounding answer I got was, oh, some babies sleep, some babies don't. You just got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like you get what you get and you don't get upset. And like, well, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I got the baby. I that object. I haven't got the baby that doesn't sleep. So, like, what do we do here? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, no, there has to be, there has to be something better. Like, I can't just keep putting up with this, you know. Um, so I had chatted with a friend that um she had sleep trained her child and and I was like, Oh, aren't weren't you worried about like how that's gonna affect her in the long run with you know, so I I read that um, post on Facebook about the babies that that don't get held and um, when they're crying and then they learn not to cry, you know, which is it's more or less propaganda. But anyway, I didn't know any better, so I'm like, you know, doesn't it? Aren't you worried about that? And she's like, I wasn't, and my kid's fine. Look at her, and she was about five, and she's just running and playing and happy as can be, had a great bond with mom. And I'm like, huh, okay. All right. So, so that's what really did it for me was, um, it's like the proof is in the pudding here. Like it's not going to damage her brain and hurt our bond and, you know, and, um, and so then when I sleep trained her and since then now with my own business, I've sleep trained tons and tons of other babies. It's like, I've seen it time and time again, it doesn't actually damage them or or hurt them and there is um there are studies that show that that when a baby cries and no one attends to it that certainly can damage their brain but it's that it it takes place it goes on over weeks and weeks and months and years it's not after three nights you know um and it's usually in like war-torn countries and this is a child that maybe sometimes there's not enough food for the child. Like it's this highly, highly stressful environment. It's not just 
well other traumas for sure. Yeah. And certainly that's going to leave a mark on the brain for sure. But um, with this, it's just such minimal stress over the, their day to day and the course of their life that there's no ill effects, no ill long-term effects. So, you know, when I saw my daughter's, uh, my friend's daughter, I was like, oh, I have to do this. I mean, I have nothing to lose now. So, um, so we started the program um, and my husband was, was with me while we were starting the, the whole process and thank goodness he was there. Cause I would have just, if it was just me, I would have just taken her out of the crib and been like, no, you're, you're too little. You can't do this. You know, this is really, really hard. But he, he was like, she's, she can do it. She's strong enough. She can do it. And she did it, you know? Um, and I always think of that when I, when people are like, oh, I can just, do it on my own I'll be fine and certainly some people can but uh, the vast majority they really do need some hand holding because it's it is it is really hard you know like and without someone holding your hand and guiding you and telling you what's coming next and you know um, kind of looking at things from that outside lens where they're not so emotionally involved I mean so without that, you're likely to just cave. And then it's like, eh. and then you say, oh, well, sleep training doesn't work. Well, you know, it's like, well, you just didn't know what to do. You just had a hard, you know, you kind of gave in. And I, like I said, I would have done the same thing. So, so naturally that first night was a challenge. Um, and she was seven months old at this time. So the program said like, you don't have to give night feeds. Um, I'm pretty sure it did say to check with your pediatrician. And I always tell my clients that too, just, just in case, you know, if this is a baby that's underweight or has some kind of developmental thing where they, they might, they would still need feeds in the night, then absolutely we'll keep them in. But for the vast majority of babies, you know, if they're of a healthy weight, healthy development, at that six month mark, you can just say, nope, no more feeds in the night, kid. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, so he kind of handled the night feeding and then, um, which was a challenge. She would, she was crying for me to feed her. I was crying because I couldn't feed her. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah, it was the first three nights were the most challenging, but by night six, she was sleeping all the way through like oh my gosh wow this is awesome so that was like my first time yeah I would say my first time sleeping through since she was born like when she was seven months old so <laughs> just crazy um mm -hmm. actually that's not true because I still woke up in the night expecting her to be awake mm -hmm. you know because your body clock just kind of is like okay it's it's midnight we're up okay it's 3 a.m we're up you know yeah. Um, so it took me some time <laughs> until I was sleeping all the way through because you get programmed. So I had to get deprogrammed. Um, so then the next week was more naps. Um, and that was actually the harder part of the program because, um, well, there was more pushback from her mostly because babies aren't really designed to, to sleep in the day, you know, but, but they need the sleep throughout the day. Um, so it is, it is harder for them to get to sleep in the day. I mean, hormones are 
are different in the day than the night and they're not not always conducive for sleep those, those hormones that we we get throughout the day but um yeah it worked and yeah so it was like this is fantastic you know and and so once she was sleeping while well, I was looking back at my time with her when she was first born and the my diagnosis and of course going to google again to research things because that's what you do and um, <laughs> you know and I'm like well it says here that sleep deprivation is directly related to depression so I'm like huh mm -hmm. I'm wondering if if my lack of sleep my sleep deprivation caused the depression and um, I know it was at least a factor if not all of it you know but and this is these are things that women new moms are facing all the time um and they don't always know like this isn't normal or um, or where to get help or uh, you know so so it's been my mission to bring sleep to moms and babies so that i can more or less help alleviate depression and postpartum anxiety and help them to reach their goals. So, so in a way it's, it's about the babies, but it's not really, it's more about mom, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I mean, I don't want to say the lack of sleep doesn't affect a baby or a young child. Absolutely does. It's not good for them either, but it's so much more detrimental for mom to deal with that on the, the day in and day out. So well, yeah, sleep deprivation is used as like yeah. a, a torture mechanism, right? <laughs> Not that I'm any pro torture mechanisms, but yeah. it has shown that are the health, yeah, the health mm. negative effects of lack of sleep can for sure impact hormones, impact all the things. So yeah, I, I definitely see the correlation. Yeah. Um, so you, you had done uh, the sleep training with your daughter and then yeah. How did you decide, okay, I need to, or how did you go about, I need to help other moms? Like, what was that process like? Okay. Well, that was, I think she was about nine months old or 10 months old. I'm like, all right, she's going to be transitioning from, I want to say, yeah, she was at two naps a day and she was about to, to go to one nap a day. So I'm like, well, how do I do that? You know? how do I do that without just hours of fussing or, you know, how, what's the seamless, smooth way to do it? So I looked back on the website where I found the, the program that we did when she was seven months old. Um, and there was some pop-up or somewhere where it's like, oh, do you want to be a sleep consultant? And, you know, click here for more information. Okay, fine. You know, I, I was like, well, at least check it out. Because at this point I was I was looking for um, something to do kind of part-time to bring in income and, and I'm not like really crafty. So I'm like, well, that's out, <laughs> like, you know, um, like I know people were doing like that medical transcription stuff. That's, mm -hmm. that's not me at all. I'm like, well, what can I do? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So I saw that I'm like, all right, yeah, it send me more information. Um, so then I got more information about it and booked a call, like a free call to where they explained it, detailed it. And um, so then I was on the call and just, I was super confused because I'm like, 
what am I actually, what are you asking me to do? Like, I'm what, you know? Um, Cause I, like most people have never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and really with my business, I spend more, yeah, I spend more time like telling people what I do probably more than not more than seeing clients, but like, that's a big part of what I do is telling people what I do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I was on the call with her and, and I asked a million questions and then she, she put me in contact with some sleep consultants in the area that, you know, already run their own business and, and they're doing really well. I'm like, okay. So I reached out to them and I'm like, is this a scam? You know, there's so many scams. <laughs> it's like, I don't want them to just take my money and run and that's it, you know. Um, and they're like, no, no, it's a real thing. And and then I thought, okay, is this like an MLM where you only make a very small percentage of whatever you're selling and then the person above you gets most of that commission? And they're like, nope, you you pocket everything you keep. It's it's a real business. It's but you're going just to get the training. So it's like, it's like, if you wanted to be a welder, like you would Mm -hmm. go to a welding school, Votech kind of thing, get the training. Okay. Now you're licensed to do it. Now you set up your own business. And of course you're going to keep all that profit. You don't have anyone above you to to give it to. Um, So I'm like, okay. Um, And it was, it was a hard decision because it required me to, to go to Florida and I live in Pennsylvania, go to Florida for this three-day training. And I'm like, uh, I, my daughter was now, by the time all this came around, she was about 16 months now. So it was about a year, a little less than a year from when I was, when I clicked, send me more info. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's, going to be expensive. And do I really want to travel with a little baby? You know? <laughs> um, so I just, and I kept going back and forth with the pros and cons. Like, do I think I'd be, and, and questions, do I think I'd be good at it? Do, do I think there's enough moms that even struggle with this? Like I was really in my own world and didn't, I didn't know that it was like really that common. Um, yeah. And the, it was expensive. So financially it was like, oh, this is risky. And are you, am I willing to do it? I don't know. Um, so then it was, I was talking it, talking it over with my husband daily with my parents. Um, I don't think it went really further than that, but, um, and a lot of prayer, a lot of like, God, is this what you've put on my, my life to do? Is this why I went through all that stuff? When, when Cora, my daughter, when she was first born, like, um, kind of like, you know, now I could be a, a teacher for moms going through it now. Is that like, so it was, uh, it was a struggle just constantly with the back and forth. And, um, and again, I'm Googling everything, <laughs> researching and, and I did, like I said, I called other, um, consultants. I'm like, okay, I think it's a real thing. Um, you know, my only hangup was like, do I want to spend all that money risking that I may not ever make any of it back, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was when I was watching a video from the woman that created this whole program. 
And she said, you miss, uh, she was quoting from Wayne Gretzky that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> Wayne's done it again. <laughs> yes. Like, okay. That, that seals the deal for me. I mean, like if I could look back on my life and, and say, it's fine that I didn't do that, then I won't do it. But if I, you know, envision myself looking back and I look back and I say, oh, I should have done that. Well, then I have to do it. So it just was that simple for me then. So, so my dad came with, uh, he watched my daughter. He's like, uh, just loves being a grandpa, loves little kids. Like for him, it was, he was just so thrilled to do it. So <laughs> he watched her while I was in the trainings and, um, and it just, it just really resonated with me. You know, it just was like, this is what I'm supposed to do because my background is in teaching um, and that, and I did teach for a while, but it just, it never really felt like it clicked all the way. I think it was, I think it was close, but it wasn't exactly what I was supposed to do. Um, like, I mean, it was supposed, it was what I was supposed to do then, but not, you know, for yeah. the, rest of the grander Prepared plan, for the grander plan mm -hmm. of life. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, it was just, it was so awesome. And like, to think of how it's, it's come full circle, because this all kind of started with that trauma, you know, of, of me not adjusting well to motherhood and postpartum depression, and then now coming all the way around. And now I'm helping other moms adjust to motherhood, deal with postpartum depression, or it may not be full-blown depression, but they're not at their best. You know, yeah. we can see that at least. And, you know, helping them to get better and find solutions. And it's like, and I think when you do that, like, that's how you really heal your trauma when you can kind of close that circle. So when you use what you went through to lessen somebody else's load, like, and that's just incredible to me. So, so yeah, this is it. <laughs> that was beautiful yeah how so how long have you been in business then now um I've been in business since April 2017 so that's that almost five years yeah. so. hey that's a big anniversary <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I mean I think you also like definitely nailed it on the fact of like you being a person, like when you were being called to do this, you're like, Oh, do I want to invest in this? Like, I don't know. Because I think that's another thing that like women struggle with and moms struggle with, you know, like investing in themselves. And like, that was a huge thing for you. You know, you doing that is also you investing in yourself. Just like when, you know, your daughter was not sleeping, you, you decide to take the step to invest in yourself to go get help, you know? And I think yeah. that's something that's, overall like it's really really hard sometimes for people to step out of that to be like okay I need to change something I need to invest in myself and like even though it's scary like it'll help in the long run yeah absolutely yeah and I think I think as women we're just mostly told like oh just deal with it like <laughs> just sit mm -hmm. in one kind of thing and it's like well but I'm unhappy like and I'm 
I'm a Virgo. That's my sign. And it's like, so is Abby. Too. <laughs> and it's like, we are such problem solvers. And it's like, it is the core of who I am really. Like, I can't just have this problem and just be like, eh. like, just, ugh. and when I meet people that can, it's like, I, I don't understand you at all. <laughs> Yeah, I had mom envy for sure. Cause I, I had, I mean, it feels like every stage of development, there's, I felt, felt like I was always comparing myself, my son, our journey with yes. my friends who had kiddos at the same age, or even, I mean, I had friends whose kids were younger and were potty trained before my son. And I'm like, what in the heck? Like, it always comes back to what am I doing wrong? And yeah, the sleep thing it's, oh, it, it, it's that's been exhausting. Even for, for us, we, we never did sleep training. I was always curious by it, but yeah, I think I'm one of those moms, even though I had a partner, uh, who could help. Yeah. I think I'm one of those moms who probably would have needed a lot of coaching (laughs) to help. It would have been training Abby, (laughs) like you said, working with the moms. Um, so yeah, cause it is more like what I do is it really is with the moms. It's not so much the babies like and it's all virtual so it's like I never even have to see them I guess I mean I try try to because it just makes it easier to have that even if it's a small connection but like I don't even have to see the baby or hold them like it's me instructing mom on what to do with the baby so well and it's just giving them that like that support that extra support in any way shape or form is just like so helpful you know to just be like oh man, this person like knows what I'm going through. They know they've been there. They know my struggle. Like, okay, I can explain this and they're not going to judge what's happening. Like they're just going to be there as a person that can help me through it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Support from someone who's been there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I, sometimes I'll get from potential clients or just moms in general, like, oh, I can't, um, like, oh, I don't, I was co-sleeping, like, ugh, and they're sort of, like, cowering, and I'm like, oh, it's okay, I understand, like, <laughs> um, you know, now, my program is not, just to be clear, it's not co-sleeping, but I understand that, like, you're just so tired that it's like, this works, at least for tonight, I, you know, and when you're so tired, you're not thinking of three months down the road, you're thinking of right now because you're in survival mode, you know? So yeah, I don't shame mom for that or like, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. It's like, listen. (laughs) Yeah. And for the record, mom's out there. Oh yeah. We co-slept because it was, it was, yeah. Decision-making like, how are we going to get through this night? I value my sleep. I were, I was working full time and trying to do all this. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's going to work. And granted it, it took a lot longer for Eli to sleep in his own bed, but we're finally there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And yeah, parents, you have to find what works for you. Right. And I think that's, it's, there's so much comparison of at every stage, at every stage of what's right. What's the right thing to do. And and at the end of the day, yeah, the, the family, the moms, the kiddos, like they'll know what's best for them, but what the service you're providing sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is, I mean, you're right though, that comparison. And it's like, 
I mean, let's break it down. Like, what, what does it mean to be a good mom? You know, it's <laughs> like, well, you meet your child's needs and some of their wants, probably not every single one. Like, no, you can't have five popsicles in a row or whatever, you know, but like you meet their needs and some of their wants. And the way I do that with my daughter could look entirely different than how you do it with yours, but they're both still taken care of. They know they're loved. They're in a a safe environment, like, you know, and so it's like, so why we don't need to compare. It's like, well, we're both good moms, but it just looks different because we're different people, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. That is, that's a good, that's a good quote. Yeah. You're taking care of their basic needs and, and some of their wants. <laughs> I'm going to keep that one in the, in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously like your program is definitely like geared towards moms, but is there ever moments when you have dads that are asking you questions or just, you know, because obviously they're new time fathers and, you know, we have some men listeners on here too, you know, like just any tips for them or anything to make it smoother, because obviously that is a huge part of it as well, you know, just like that support and all that. Sure. For sure. Yeah. I've had, I mean, not, not that many, but I've had a few dads that they'll call me or message me and they're like, listen, my wife is just losing her mind you know, I keep telling her to do this. She's like, eh, and he's, he's like, we're doing it. So call me, you know, <laughs> no. So you, you do have those, like, I think of those dads as like, they're like the superhero, like they're coming to, to save the day, you know? Um, so yeah, there are some, um, but generally it's not so much the dads because it's more mom is on call all the time especially if she's breastfeeding and Mm -hmm. or if dad is I mean society is still pretty traditional I mean I wouldn't say incredibly but you know you still do have where dad's working full time so then mom feeds throughout the night and so it's not that much that the dad is is calling but there have been times yeah Well, and that's what I was going to say also is like my call out to the new fathers and the dads and everything is like, you should be asking for tips and you should be asking for those things because even though society is very traditional in certain ways, like it's not how it has to be, you know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not how it has to be. Like the woman doesn't have to be, have to be drowning in like motherhood, you know, because there are two people that made this baby. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Responsibilities. However, I will say this though. I think there are, I think there is at least the, yeah, I want to say a majority to, yeah. The majority of men of husbands are really feel really helpless when they Mm -hmm. I mean when I was going through all that stuff in the very beginning my husband was like said it was hard for him just because he's like I don't know how to help you and I want to help you you know so I think I think they they certainly struggle um but it's more in silence because they're like I don't know what to do like they don't even know where to start to help their their spouse their partner Mm -hmm. um yeah men are more naturally like fixers than women so it's like (laughs) and it's like that that also needs to be talked about more you know gender norms yeah yeah, like males need to be able to speak to that as you know more and feel like they have a safe place to 
discuss yeah. that part of it because you're completely right you know like yeah. it's just kind of like however and and up. women should should shouldn't feel guilty for saying like hey I need a break I don't yeah. have to be super mom right now right and right. again yeah. Angela it literally is like you are just mirroring my life because that is <laughs> I mean again we've been parents now six years but just recently like my husband and I have had like these very in-depth conversations of yeah what each of our perspectives of our experience were and yeah the same thing like hearing he's like I felt helpless like I didn't have a bond with our he felt he didn't have a bond with our son because I was the one having to get up breastfeed do all the things postpartum anxiety I didn't want to leave my son's sight for a second or I couldn't sleep when he was asleep it was Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Oh, gives me chills and shivers thinking of that. So, and he, yeah, felt helpless. Um, and yes. yeah, D you better be listening, but <laughs> when you do, you're not alone either. Yes. And I think that's so important. Like everyone should not feel alone in the process, you know? And I think that's why everything gets so hard. I mean, obviously like parenthood is going to be hard. Like there's just like a lot to it, but everyone just feels so alone and it's just, it's, it's like not good. <laughs> like, yeah. And again, it's like, while you're going through the it, one who's not a parent, it's like, it's not good guys. <laughs> like I feel bad for all of you. It's not good. <laughs> but you know, there's a part of you that's like, phew. I'm glad it's all of you. Right. Exactly. Danielle's a great auntie. Exactly. I'm just like, give me phone calls. I can deal with that. Awesome. Yeah. It's not good, guys. It's not not like of the episode. <laughs> don't want you to be alone. <laughs> I mean, and you've, I mean, on your website, you have so many cool resources. Like, obviously, uh, you help families. I mean, it, you've helped over 400 families. That is nothing to bat an eyelash at. Um, but yeah, you have online resources, communities, blogs. I mean, and working, it sounds like, yeah, one-on-one with families. But yeah, if someone were interested, like what all resources or options can they do to to work with you? Great question. So the the best way to, for them to get to know me, because it's, you know, it's not likely someone's going to go to my website and buy a package or book a call right off the bat. Like you want to, you have to get to know the person to see, okay, is this a, a good fit for my family? Do I think they can actually help me, you know? So the best way for, for us to kind of create a connection and relationship is if they join my Facebook group. So it's called Lehigh Valley Sleep Coach Community. I go live in there all the time. Um, I kind of like to take a a broad topic. And then when I go live, I break it down into smaller parts. So you're just getting little snippets and um, just kind of keeps it fresh. I do lots of Q and A's, kind of gives parents like a safe place, a safe venue to ask their questions and comments, concerns. Um, I try to make it interactive so we can so no one feels like ashamed, like again, with the co-sleeping example. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm having a newborn sleep workshop coming up uh, on February 14th through February 18th, starting at 10. It'll, each session will be about a half hour. 
And then I'll leave time at the end for question and answers. And it's uh, completely free. Um, and I have a lot of resources in my group. So I give away a newborn sleep guide, 36 page guide. So that's yours just when you join the group. Um, and I wish I had had that <laughs> when my daughter was a newborn. I mean, so many good things in there. Just It's just so much education and and it's like laying that that sleep foundation so that once they're beyond the newborn phase, they're really sleeping well. Um, I give out some tips for babies. So like that four month range up to like 12 months, which that can be tricky. You know, how many naps should they have? When should bedtime be? How do you get them to bed? How do you get to, them to sleep without holding them? Things like that. Um, and then I have something for toddlers. It's called the tame the toddler tornado, <laughs> so, you know, um, cause toddlers, that's when they're like, Hmm, I don't have to do what mom and dad say. Okay. You and know, that's normal development. Yes. It, it, is, <laughs> it is like, Oh, just brush your teeth, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, so there's a lot of tips in there to, to help with those kind of high-spirited, super testy kind of <laughs> toddlers to, to help you have that smooth bedtime routine and um, give some good expectations around bedtime, all that kind of stuff if, if you're struggling with your toddler. Um, and I do post in my blog. Um, it's kind of more in-depth things in there that, that can help you wherever you are in your journey. So, but absolutely my Facebook group is the best place. Um, once you join, you'll get all those freebies that I talked about and the schedule generator. I mean, I can remember so many times before my daughter, we sleep trained her, like, when should she be going down for a nap? What, like, <laughs> she needs a nap. When do I do it? How, like, you know, it kind of clears the fog for you. So, so yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You're coming in a few years late. For me, but I definitely could have used all that. Yes. Oh, oh, Eli, oh, just think, thinking all the things. Um, I'm curious if you could speak to your, you know, very new postpartum self. Like, what advice would you have given yourself then? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> you need sleep too. <laughs> yeah. And my my doctor that when I uh, went to get tested for when I meant to meet with her I guess you could say for postpartum depression she had told me that she's like you need sleep too and it's just always stuck with me it's like yeah you know but I was like again thinking it was like oh this is just just college I'll just pull an all-nighter no no, <laughs> <Not> the, <same. laughs> the biggest exam you're going to take ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in our culture, we're so like a good mom is a mom that, you know, she'll give everything to her child and she has nothing. And it's like, well, no, I mean, how do you, how do you take care of them? If you're just the shell of a person, like you have to take care of you. And then you can take care of them, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I would tell her, you it's, need sleep too. 
you need sleep too. You know? It's like the flight attendants. It's like when they tell you to put on your mask first before anyone else's. Like we all laugh about it, but it's the same thing. It's life as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's not selfish. Like Mm-mm. we, uh, there's yeah. that stigma around it, but it's like, well, no, that's just, that's just taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it would be selfish if you never gave the mask. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that, that, that yeah. would be getting into like dark territory. <laughs> My mask and nobody else. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what I'm wondering is, I, I mean, of course there's so many factors, but why do we think, and it's, it's a, a lot of women do feel that, like, especially when they become new moms, like feel they have to give everything of themselves to their child and then the, yeah, relationships suffer, partnerships, yeah. friends. I mean, a lot of things suffer, but time and time again, we, ne- we know that. Yeah. We need sleep too. Why it's do we keep falling for cycle. it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What is I it? Know. I think we're just, I don't know. I think we're kind of taught to be like at war with ourselves. you know, like mm-hmm. when you just think of like, advertising campaigns it's like you can have the best body image that someone can have but then you see that model that's like a size two and everyone's like falling all over her and you're like oh you know like Mm -hmm. you're speaking a wheelhouse against models but just everything is is supposed to make us feel that way like yeah. we're not good enough unless we look like that you know mm-hmm. so and I think we do we internalize it that like I'm not good enough unless I go do all these things or I'm not supposed to put myself first or love myself or I don't know I'm and just, I mean like with the motherhood thing like we're we're biologically like all of us are wired to nurture in general so that in itself already just kind of like pushes through but then like you're saying like the the aspect of like feeling like you have to do more or like you have to continuously prove yourself or you know you're not worthy for something or like you're, you shouldn't do this or whatever you're just constantly like in that moment so I'm assuming or I'm in the aspect of motherhood it kind of like falls on those same lines you know because it's like you already have that nurturing in you but then you're like oh like it's just tugging you in an even deeper way you know it's very true yeah Yeah. then it and then it like goes on the other hand too like if someone isn't the most nurturing type right off the bat it's kind of like they're not the best Mm -hmm. woman or something you know what I mean like it kind of goes in that realm too which is unfortunate because it's just kind of like all of women's choices seem to be like scrutinized in a way, you know, or yeah. just constantly being at war once again, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know why, how come, how come men can like, just kind of like be, you yeah, know? like just exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> But we're like, Oh, I don't like her because of blah, blah, blah. I don't like it. And it's like, like I don't like myself because of this and I'm, I'm upset about this like you know what I mean like yeah I don't know why but yeah I think I feel like this generation this up and coming generation they they are definitely changing the narrative in the game like 
no, I will not stand for, you know, blatant, like disrespect mm-hmm. of my needs and boundaries. You know, I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed with this Gen Z. Yeah. They're going to help <laughs> us. I mean, like we said, generational, like we got to help each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see like when they're older, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. When we're senior citizens or something, like, what are they like? Right. Because yeah. mm-hmm. right now, like the teenagers of nowadays, you want to be like, oh my gosh, we never did that. But we- <laughs> yeah, we did. It's just like not everyone can see it all the time. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, we had cell phones and we had computers, but like, you didn't know what I was doing all the time. You know what I mean? Like not the whole world didn't know what you're doing all the time, but yeah. I mean, what was around when I was a teenager. Yeah. I would be making videos all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. (laughs) But my, our dance moves, I, our dances would not, Oh God. Can you imagine the outfits that would be on, on social media forever? Oh no. (laughs) Nineties outfits. No. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, hopefully, like moving forward, like we can change those internal messages that we have and just like continue to empower each other in so many different ways. Yes. Because we can't, we can't keep going this route. (laughs) Like it's just. And I think. Can only go up, right? Yeah. Can only go from here. Yeah. Social media, I think there's a lot of benefit and there's a lot of benefit to the Google and the WebMDs, right? But I do think, yeah, if formative years there's something to be said of you know if you have constant that that constant feedback like oh I need to get so many likes I need to get so many you know oh this person has however many followers I need more like what's the uh Netflix documentary they talked about it the is it the social dilemma mm-hmm. where yeah I mean kids are obsessed and young people nowadays are comparing themselves more like right yeah. that those physical images and definitely that plays plays a role I'm sure it's like, weird because it's like a both ends of the spectrum because they're comparing yeah. themselves more but then they're also like the most authentic you know like so it's yeah. a weird it's a very weird strange world you know what I mean yeah, economy. yeah. yeah. like how many like what a decade ago moms well I guess yeah actually a decade ago people could because social media was around okay two decades ago you couldn't <laughs> go online and see Nancy next door and all the cool fun crafts she does with all her kids but now I can see everything someone makes for breakfast lunch and dinner and all their cool family times and then yeah it's like oh I'm not doing that with my kid I need to do that right like, but then it also gives some people so much inspiration like it's just a mess you know, know like it's I a know. weird <laughs> it's a balance yeah mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I always think like the pendulum's always going to swing back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of went from like, well, it did go from no social media to now it's social media and it's like just taken over. So then I think at some point it's going to go to like maybe a middle area where it's like, there's not as many social media outlets or mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just sort of, I don't want to say wishful thinking because I do <laughs> love social media, but right, I do think yeah. it's some, like you're saying it's sometimes it's like over the top like like you're just walking down the street why do you need to document this like wow you know um <laughs> but I don't know we'll see what happens yeah ah oh, 
Well, I mean, on the theme of social media, uh, we had prepped and chatted about, you know, an Instagram versus reality and, you know, something that presents one side, but actually, you know, might be something different and it doesn't have to be social media related. It doesn't even have to be related to any topic we talked about today. Just something that you're like, oh yeah, this came to my brain. Cause we've had, we've had a many, <laughs> many fun ones. <laughs> yes. Um, well, this, it, it fits pretty well. It's not perfect, but like it was, when we came home from the hospital with my daughter. So she was, I think it was that same day. So she was about three days old. So here I was discharged from the hospital because everything was fine. She was healthy. Um, and I was again, so like gung ho to breastfeed that I drank this big thing of water. It must've been, I want to say like 60 ounces of water. <laughs> like, one sitting because I'm oh, like, yeah, I gotta build up my supply. Yeah, here we go. And then I stood up. I'm not sure to do what, but I stood up and just completely peed my pants. <laughs> like, like I didn't even think of like, okay, I have to go, go. Like it. <laughs> yeah, there's like no control for a while. It feels like so <laughs> nothing at all. And then um. So then I ran out of the room. I'm all embarrassed. And it was just me, my husband and our daughter. And, um, and I came back in the room and I'm like, I can't do this. I hate this. Day three. <laughs> You're like, this is, this is the worst. It's Mommy like, is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is, reality has set in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, she was just born. Like, Things have to shift back into place. Everything's tired out. It's okay. It's like, no, I'm going to just be my pants for the rest of my life. Like, oh my God. You know, and, uh, and you know, those like diaper. Oh, those diaper underwears. Yes. And I remember I put them back on. And I'm like, oh, we're both in diapers. <laughs> oh my God. Do not talk like until you become a mom. No one talks about the ridiculous things that are like, I, I mean, it's like an initiation into some club because everyone who's a mom knows about the hospital underwear and the gloves that they fill with ice that you put down there for healing <laughs> or just like ice packs. Yeah, we just had an ice pack. <laughs> and the sits baths. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, Mommy is very hard. I think everyone needs to. It, it, know that. We say it, the more we say it, it's like, it's okay if I'm struggling today. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay that I peed my pants. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was just that image of like this happy family going home and then realities here to to kind of snap you out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's zero there's no mom that I've talked to that didn't wait okay too many double negatives there let me rephrase <laughs> every mom that I've talked to they have all said they did not feel ready when they left the hospital like yes. I've never met someone who's like yep I'm ready I'm cool I'm good mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I remember, um, I think I even asked them, like, are you sure we can't just stay a couple more days? And I told my husband, I'm like, they're sending us home soon. Ask every question you have now, because we won't have another opportunity. You know, I was like, oh, why? (laughs) I just didn't, I'm like, how am I going to, and it sounds funny now, like to, to say it now, like, what do you mean? How are you going to provide for this baby? You're going to feed it and change it and bathe it. Like, that's what you do. But at the time it was like, just so overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, I, this is a life that it's on me, whether she makes it or not. Like, oh my gosh, like there's nothing to prepare you for it like what they say is like isn't it like your heart it's like a part of your heart outside of your body like walking around kind of thing yep absolutely it is Mm -hmm. oh and that drive home from the hospital I had no idea like (laughs) it was like a 15 minute drive and I I would just walk probably (laughs) I'm not getting in a car (laughs) this is not gonna be a thing (laughs) I just cried the whole time I'm Uh like what if somebody hits us? Ah, make oh. sure you stop at the line. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I would probably just be like, I know I can't walk, but like we're gonna we're gonna like push the wheelchair. Pretty the sure <laughs> I screamed at D on the way home, my husband, because so also at the time I had a two-door must a Ford Mustang. So just imagine getting that. <laughs> so back in the back seat and of course, Eli is three days old, so he doesn't have head control. And so we have him in the car seat and his head immediately does this. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to <laughs> not be able to breathe. <laughs> I was like, we need to get something to hold his head. It's like, it's yeah. fine, Abby. He's okay. I'm like, no, his, the car seat's not right. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah. And she, it was funny because my daughter cried the whole way home too. So we're both just crying <laughs> everyone just cried like this is life now <laughs> oh mommy gets better well yeah I mean how old is your if if you want to share how old is your daughter now she's six now okay so yeah. the same yeah. age as my little man oh man well you have taken a or you Jesus <laughs> we have taken a so much of your time. I, we appreciate it. You've taken up so much of our time, Angela. <laughs> yeah, like wow. we're kind of done with this interview. Oh, now, like... <laughs> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> we are so grateful for your time. We have taken up a lot of your time tonight. If you've mentioned the Facebook group, but anywhere else that you would like to plug away um, for listeners, if they want to find you, get in contact with you. Absolutely. So you can find me at lehighvalleysleepcoach.com. I'm also on Instagram, Lehigh Valley Sleep Coach, um, Facebook as well. And that's that's it for now. I might venture out to more social medias at some point, but uh, <laughs> control, those things work well. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that's it. Yes. Awesome.
Thank you so much, Angela. This is such a great combo. I'm, I'm glad but, we had you on. We got to chitty chat about some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like you're so insightful and you're not a mom. Like, <laughs> thanks. I like I said, I have a lot of, I have a lot of mom friends. I, I, I basically every one of my friends is mom. Yeah. Essentially, but you don't have that air about you. Like, oh well, when I have kids, I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, I could not see Danielle doing that. (laughs) No, not at all. So thanks. Pretty cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. We yes, this has been so great. And and I feel selfish of just being able to get a lot of self-validation with this conversation today. So thank you so much in our (laughs) my own experience. Uh so we'll definitely link in the show notes everywhere that you had mentioned and awesome. yeah everyone please go check out angela yeah guys thanks thank you and that's our show thank you so much for taking the time during your morning afternoon evening whatever time you did to listen but we would love to hear more from you we'd love to hear more from you so make sure you join us on facebook at real life podcast with abby and danielle and like and subscribe to our podcast if you're not an apple user we are actually on spotify as well but on apple you can leave us a review but don't forget to leave us a review on facebook as well